Welcome to Addiction Audio, the podcast from the journal Addiction. In this episode, I'm joined by Professor Richard Miak. Richard runs a project called Monitoring the Future. We discuss a paper he's published in the journal exploring the impact of a change in the project's data collection when the study wanted to move from pen and paper surveys to using digital technology to collect the data. Miak and colleagues used a randomised design to explore whether the change in data collection may influence the self-reported responses collected. The first thing I'd like you to do is, can you briefly introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Richard Miak, and I'm a professor at the University of Michigan, and I'm the principal investigator of a project called Monitoring the Future. Excellent. And you've just had a paper published in the journal Addiction using that project, haven't you? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, happy to talk about it. So let me give you some background first about what Monitoring the Future is. So since 1975, and every year since then, we've taken a nationally representative sample of adolescents in 8th grade, 10th grade, and 12th grade, which is ages 13, 15, and 17. And we surveyed them about their drug use. And we want to know what drugs are becoming popular and which ones are falling out of favor. The survey consists of about 40,000 students in 8th, 10th, and 12th grade combined Uh, every year. And these are in schools throughout the contiguous United States. So our research center has interviewers that live in all 50 U.S. states. So what we do is we take a random sample of all the schools in the U.S. and we take about 400 of those schools and we recruit them and we go to those schools and we survey them to find out what kids the drugs are using. So all that being said, change is the only constant in the world. We're always trying to update our survey methods so that they're the best that can be and they're up to the science and up to the standards of today. So we decided what we'd like to do is instead of giving kids paper and pencil surveys, what if we brought tablets to the schools and we had the kids fill out the answers on tablets? There's a lot of advantages to that. One of the major advantages would be that the results would come back to Ann Arbor, the city where I live and the University of Michigan is, instantaneously. So as soon as they finished their survey, we would have their answers. And our survey period is from every year, February to June. And so we could peek in as the survey was ongoing, maybe say in March or April, and we could see what the trends were looking like for that particular year. And in fact, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration here uh, in the United States, they were very interested in that because vaping, vaping nicotine is a big thing among kids here in the United States. And they've passed some regulations to try to reduce vaping prevalence. They wanted to know, are they having any effect or not? And so uh, in 2020, as a matter of fact, they asked us to brief them in March and April uh, because we had switched completely to tablets by then. And we were able to do that, which we'd, we'd never have been able to do with paper and pencil surveys because they take a long time to process. So sorry for that lengthy introduction, but the idea is that we wanted to transition from paper and pencil, which we'd done since 1975, to tablets. The reason it's important to know if there's any survey mode effect, it could be the fact that maybe kids, when they're answering questions on tablets, maybe they're more likely to report their drug use. So uh, you can imagine in 2019, which is when we did this study, 
what we did is we did half of our schools with tablets and we did the other half with paper and pencil because we wanted to know are our results different on tablets as compared to paper and pencil. So getting back to my thought experiment, you can imagine 2019, say we jumped entirely to tablets and say in 2019, say we saw the drug use went up for all kids compared to 2018. So then the question would be, well, is that real? Is it substantive? Has drug use gone up or is it some kind of method effect? Maybe kids are just more open when it comes to tablets. There've been a lot of studies looking at sensitive behavior reporting among adolescents. And it turns out that for the most part, kids are more likely to report sensitive behaviors like sex or drug use on, electric ta- on electronic tablets or on laptops or on computers as compared to paper and pencil. Nobody quite knows sure why that is, but there does seem to be a slight increase, particularly 10, 15 years ago, the results were quite strong. Uh, it could be that if kids are writing the results on paper, they feel like it's more permanent, it can be linked to them, whereas if it's on a tablet, they do their answer, they swipe, and then the answer's gone, and then they maybe feel like, oh, well, it's gone, it's you know off somewhere. Uh, it's not true, but you know that's what they might think. We were concerned when we switched to tablets that we might have some kind of survey mode effect. So we did this randomized controlled experiment in 2019 where half the schools a random half, randomly selected half, were paper and pencil, and the other half used tablets. And we wanted to compare the results of the two to see if there was any difference. It's really clear sort of why the implications of why these kind of survey effects or sort of introducing bias like that can be a real problem. Like, I'm I'm an epidemiologist, I do a lot of work with longitudinal data, and Things like this are a real problem when questions get changed from one year to the next or, you know, if there's a slight difference, it makes it really hard to then do longitudinal analyses. So this kind of testing, if you're going to change something, actually doing a randomised controlled trial to find out, does it have an effect? We should really be doing it more. So I guess my next my next question is, what did you find? We found no effects whatsoever. So it turns out that drug prevalence, at least, those estimates were almost exactly the same on the randomly selected half that answered the questions on tablets as compared to the other half that used paper and pencil. There, the odds ratio for using a tablet as compared to paper and pencil was like 1.01, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. For lifetime use, for past year use, it was like 1.02. And for use in the past 30 days, it was on the order of 1.05. And none of those were statistically significant. And with a sample size of 40,000, as you might imagine, anything that is there is going to be picked up as statistically significant if it is in fact there. But it was not significant at all. So that was very reassuring because uh, if there had been an effect, the, the fact of the matter is we're gonna to switch to tablets. And I think pretty much all countrywide surveys that do drug surveillance are gonna to switch to tablets because there's so many benefits. If they have the budget for it, they're gonna do it. And particularly the timeliness where you get the results back almost instantaneously. Uh, what's happened in the past is that lots of important drug policies have been made on the basis of old data or on the basis of no data whatsoever. And when you have these tablets now, when uh, there's a situation like vaping is now, these decisions at the government level are being made as we speak, and we have the data now. We have it almost immediately so that 
those policymakers can make informed decisions. And so I think that's really exciting. I think science has much more of an opportunity now to directly inform policymakers. And at least the policymakers I've been talking to, they want to know the science. They want to know what's going on there because lots of times they have to make very important decisions in the dark. And now that won't be the case so much uh, anymore, at least when it comes to drug surveillance information. So thinking about the sort of the methodology that you use to explore this question, are there any kind of limitations or caveats that people should bear in mind when they read your paper? Well, yes. One important caveat is that we only focused on drug prevalence. And uh, we also ask questions about drug attitudes, like perceived risk of marijuana. Do you think you will place yourself at great harm if you smoke marijuana occasionally or regularly? We ask questions like that, or do you disapprove of marijuana use? And our initial analyses suggest that there might be mode effects for these attitude questions. And it's tricky, right? Because what we did with the drugs is uh, we had, I think, 377 drug use outcomes. We had lifetime prevalence. We had past year prevalence. We had past 30-day prevalence. We had those for 12th grade. We had those for 10th grade. We had those for 8th grade. And out of those 377, uh, I think uh, the number of outcomes that were statistically significant at the 0.05 level was something like five, right? And so you would expect that by chance alone. Um, so, you know, that was pretty clear. There's really no effect here. Now, when it comes to attitudes, uh, we have like, I don't know, let's say we have 100 questions on that. And it turns out maybe 30 of them differ by survey mode, which is more than chance alone. But you don't know which ones, right? Um, some of them are chance alone, but some of them aren't. So uh, that's going to take a very thorough reading of the literature for each one of those outcomes to determine if what we're seeing in the survey mode experiment is real or if it was just a survey mode effect. So that's going to be more a piece by piece, measure by measure kind of analysis. And when it comes to perceived risk or disapproval or use by others, uh, the survey mode effects are more, their heads are lurking a little bit more, I guess, the survey mode effects. It looks like there might be something going on there. So uh, for drug prevalence, I think we can clearly state that in our experiment, there were no survey mode effects. For attitudes and behaviors, I don't know. It looks like there might be some survey mode effects for some of them. Which ones? We don't know. And what are the implications of your findings? Yes. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, at first, I thought, well, this is great. Um, I'm going to write this up, and it'll be a small paper that I'll put on the project website. And it'll be of interest to maybe a few specialists, but that's about it. Uh, but then I was talking to some friends, um, some colleagues, who work for the Organization of American States. And what they do are drug surveillance systems in 30 countries in the Caribbean and Latin America. And I was talking about our tablet experiment and how we found no effects. And they said, oh, Richard, they said, you really have to write that up. Because in our experience, in some of our countries, we want to move to tablets. But there are some neighborhoods that are so dangerous that we can't have field interviewers going to schools with, ton, you know, with a large number of expensive electronic equipment devices because it puts them at risk, at physical risk. And so what they were thinking of doing was a hybrid type of design where some of their surveys were paper and pencil uh, in those areas that were dangerous to bring in tablets and the other surveys in other areas were tablets. And if this randomized controlled trial that we did were published and they could point to that as a scientific foundation for saying, well, it doesn't matter for drug prevalence, uh, this hybrid is good, you can use both. And I thought, oh, well, 
I guess, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And so instead of writing it up as a small technical report, I thought, well, maybe some of the big journals would be interested in this. And Addiction is the top drug journal. And fortunately, they have a pre-inquiry type system for articles like this, for the methods uh, unit of, of, of the journal. And so I wrote to them and I said, well, would you be interested in this kind of study? Especially because I was talking to my colleagues and they were saying they might do some kind of hybrid design and this could provide the scientific foundation for them to justify that. And fortunately, the editor got back to me the next day and said, yes, we are interested, write it up and then you know we'll see what happens, we'll go from there. So I think that is one of the, to answer your questions, one of the major implications is that uh, many countries, for whatever reason, logistics or what have you, uh, may not be able to do their entire country with tablets, and this shows that uh, they could use a hybrid design. And you know, let me just point out that um, you know it takes a pretty big budget to do tablets. With our project, uh, we purchased seven thousand tablets, and you know we ship them around the country, and uh, it's a big project. So um, it takes it takes quite a budget, um, and if the focus is purely on drug prevalence, I think paper and pencil is fine. Um, in terms of the validity of the results, uh, they may not be timely, but they'll be valid, and uh, you know that that'd be fine. Um, but if uh, a project can move to tablets, I think there'll be a lot of benefits to that. Yeah, to me, I think there's sort of a couple of implications. I think the, what what you've just said there as well, but also this good practice of if you are going to change how you're collecting the data in a longitudinal survey, then doing some sort of trial or experiment to test whether this impacts on how people respond is is sort of good practice and something that people should do more sort of as standard. Yes, and, and, and what's nice is you can imagine maybe there was a tablet effect for prevalence. And so we had half our survey in 2019 was paper and pencil. So we could still do our bread and butter, which is what changed in the past year. And we could have just focused on the paper and pencil surveys from 2018 and compare them with the half in 2019 that were paper and pencil, right? And then in 2020, we could compare, when we go to all tablets, we could compare those results, with the 2019 results, the half that were tablets only. So um, doing a 50-50 split like this is very strategic. It allows us to continue to produce the national estimates every year and changes. And we can do that in the years going forward as well, even for 2019. So what are the key take-home messages that you want people to take away when they read your paper? The main message, I hope, is that countries around the world, and there's more than 50 that have school-based drug surveillance systems like we have. Europe, for example, has something called SPAD, the European Survey, I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's, it's more than 40 countries that go to schools and survey them uh, about drug use. And they use actually some of the exact same questions as we use in monitoring the future, so they're directly comparable. And as those countries are thinking about moving to tablets, uh, one potential barrier is that people would think, oh, but our, our trends are going to be gone. You know, we've been doing this since 1995, and if we move to tablets, then there may be some kind of mode effect, and then we can no longer directly compare with all that work we've done in the past. And the results from this survey show that, well, actually, that is something to be concerned about, but it turns out that concern is not warranted in this case, because uh, at least in our results, we're finding that the results are exactly the same. So I hope any country or actually any project that is thinking about moving to tablets when it comes to drug prevalence, 
uh, I think they can rest assured that they'll do so without breaking trends with their analyses from the past. So, Professor Richard Miak, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And there we go. Thanks again to Richard for taking the time to speak to me. Don't forget to check out the paper published in the journal and join us again next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.